Uh, I'm here. I'm here. There's Annabelle. It works. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh Oh my gosh. We're all in on the first try. Oh my God. So crazy. (laughs) I think we should all talk with a British accent today. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. I think we should all talk like this today. We should be drinking tea. I'm having a little afternoon coffee, but tea would have been more appropriate, wouldn't it? Well, let's pretend. We'll just pretend. Theater of the mind. He had my macchiato. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one thing I wanted to get out of you both: which songs? Do you know any songs that mention anything about royalty? Uh, uh what's the uh, one, two princes who adore you? <gasps> oh, oh just so go I ahead now. now. Oh, good one, good one. How about Lord? Lord, doesn't she have one? Queen B. Oh, we can never be royal. There you go. Perfect. Isn't there a song called The King of Wishful Thinking? Yes. Good one. Shout out to Who Is West? Go West. Yeah, I think it is. Was it Go West? It was a good song. It was at least it was the same era as Go West. So Why do I remember that and not know where my car keys are? <laughs> Long-term memory, short-term memory. Right. <laughs> queen, queen, of queen of Hearts. Oh, yeah. Queen of Hearts. No, it's really smart. Oh my God. Ava Max. If all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne. Oh my God! I think I know that one. Oh yeah, we're playing it now here on Warm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm's playing it too. Crazy, even Max. Who's the king of anything? Sarah Bareilles. Yes, that's a good one. Trailer for sale or rent. Fifty cents. I'm a man of means by no means. King of the road. She's a killer queen. There you go. I thought Queen had something. Wait, what? Wait, what? I can't believe you didn't think about it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, duh, dancing queen. She is the queen of my double wide trailer. She's oh. a da, 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 with a pretty red neck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She's the queen I of <laughs> Coming to America. She's yours. And then throw a little bit of make way for Prince Ali. <laughs> Aladdin, good one! Yes. Uh, <laughs> Queen, of the, Queen of the Broken Hearts, Lover Boy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> that ought to keep you busy, Emma. Yeah. There you go. Good, good. Okay, good. Gonna find all these songs. You put this all in a montage, singing them. This is good. Good, good. Mm. 
Well, welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. You have Lady Claire. Hello. And life coach Lori. Hello. And me, Simon. <laughs> and me, Anna D. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. How on earth are you two? Oh, what a week. Good. Whoop. Yes. What a week. Yes. Right. What a week. What a week. What a week. Oh. I feel <laughs> like I feel like every time we end a podcast, like the next minute, something huge comes up. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes, it yeah. does. I yeah. know. I also, as much as I love that, I also like wish that we could have a week where like nothing, everything's great. The world is great. Everybody gets along. I got no issues. Wouldn't like, that be nice? Yeah, I want that. <laughs> a little three-minute podcast. Yeah, we're good. Okay, bye now. Yep. <laughs> all good, man. Yep. It's been a long time, but we started out with just saying, you know, just talking about silly things that happen in our day or in our week and just any old thing. And, and now it's yeah. always like all drama. What is going on? Every right. week. <laughs> Every week. Is that just the speed of the world or is that like just us what we're into you know like i don't know the answer to that like if i if i turned all the alerts off of my phone and didn't do anything and just checked in with you guys every week would i feel differently (laughs) you know you might yeah (laughs) that's a very good experiment like let's all just rely on newspapers for a week (laughs) (laughs) right i'd have to subscribe but yeah and you'd have to be you have to live in a city that still has them yeah yeah through that I, I'm a little spoiled now because, you know, you don't want just the black and white newspapers. You want something like USA Today that's all, you know, color. Right. <laughs> and uh, right. How am I going to yeah. believe you that we're on Mars if it's not red? That's okay. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> or in video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which brings us to our huge topic today, the big video, the big TV show with Oprah. Yes. yes. Can yes. I just say that if anything ever happens, good, bad, or indifferent, I want to talk to Oprah about it. <laughs> right. She's I the agree. best. She's so good. She actually, it may seem like she softballs, but she does. She asks really hard questions. She just asks them in a nice way. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, she yeah. does. You're right. Because she cares. When you care about people and they know it, you can say hard things. Yes. Yeah. True. I, I really miss the Oprah days. I That was the first interview with Oprah I think I've seen, I don't know, I want to say like 15 years or something. I, I miss the Oprah show that mm-hmm. we used to see on, was it NBC, that used to air her all the time, uh, mm-hmm. every day, that right. everyday talk show that she, that she used to have. And so many things she uncovered. Like even yeah, she, even the male sexual abuse for children, male children, and how they don't come forward like women do because of, mm-hmm. you know, she uncovered that. She started the conversation. She really did. And it's not like the talk show formula didn't already exist before Oprah came along. I mean, there was Phil Donahue who was sort of, I don't know who would call her, her her mentor, but they were together in Chicago at that time. But she she just brought something different, Lori. It, what, exactly what you're saying. She cares, but she she was, wasn't afraid to ask the hard questions because she ultimately cared. And that just drew a bigger and bigger audience. And, and suddenly it wasn't just people who were, happened to be home in the daytime at that hour to watch it. You know, she was able to grow up a little bit in the time when we started to get where you could watch things over and over again and see them later in the day and not have to tape them necessarily like there were other avenues. She just honed that craft and stayed true to herself and kind of just love her. That was the thing. She stayed true to herself. And I believe she wasn't as much looking for fame as she was looking to make a difference. And if I'm not mistaken, she was the first 
person like that to really talk about her personal experience yeah. of, of of having been abused, right? Mm-hmm. Like like she, like you were saying, she could bring that topic up because she had gone through it and she wasn't afraid to put it out there. I don't think anybody else was doing anything quite like that at that point, were they? People didn't want to be vulnerable, it seemed, at most of the talk show hosts, and she was willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's probably why we trust her. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. And that's why the royals probably trusted her to give them an interview. Boy, did she get stuff out of them, the two mm. of them. Well, first I mean, and foremost, really. it's a girl. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Their next baby, she's pregnant, is going to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Yay, Archie's going to have a little sister. Mm-hmm. Aw. <laughs> One of her, it's going to be so Veronica. Veronica <laughs> or Betty. <laughs> Wait. Oh, why, why those names? Oh, Archie. <laughs> gotcha. Welcome, Anna. <laughs> this is my daughter, Jughead. <laughs> Oh, Megan's American, so yeah. <laughs> right. She wouldn't have the the accent. <laughs> no, no, she did. She's not like Madonna. She didn't adopt an accent when she got there. <laughs> what was oh, that Julie, all about? Julian Anderson, who I love, I love Julian yeah. Anderson. But her, she changes her accent like I change my socks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Julian, uh, didn't she like at once before? Um, filming the crown, she she actually lived there and then went she away, now. and then and and, now, and yeah. now lives there again. Or yes, yeah, was this just? I think she was actually born in England, um, Julian Anderson, and then lived in the U.S. for most of her life, and then went back to the U.K. Um, after the X Files in order to kind of like really bolster her acting cred. She does a lot of live theater in England, um, which she wasn't able to do in America until it was a success, and then she brought it back. So she's really by what's the word not by coastal by country i don't know she goes back and forth but i heard her in an interview once saying that she'll, she actually changes if she's on a british interview she'll do her british accent and if she's on an american interview she'll talk in a regular accent and That's funny. she thinks she thinks it makes her more accessible but i just think it's weird <laughs> well melissa mccarthy just moved to australia and loves it and wants to stay there so maybe she'll start talking with an australia accent She'd be adorable with an Australia accent. Wouldn't she? Yes, I love her. Oh, wow. So look at us trying to skirt the skirt the issue. It's racism. I know. I know we are, aren't we? It is. It's racism and it's mental health. And mm-hmm. those are two things that keep coming up. Yep. How do you even start? Because there's so much. One of the things that they really focused on was the headlines. For instance, um, how the British press double standard and their coverage of Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton, the reportage of both women enjoying something like an avocado. Right. And in 2017, a headline about Kate eating avocado goes like this. Prince William was given one of the green fruits wrapped up in a bow by a little boy whose mother is suffering during her pregnancy, too. He said he'd take it to Kate and see what happens and said, good luck for the boy's mummy. Well, a headline a couple of years later about Megan goes, the pregnant Duchess of Sussex and so-called avocado on toast whisperer is wolfing down a fruit linked to water shortages, right. illegal deforestation, and all-round general environmental devastation. So it's like they're both doing the same thing, and the headlines were completely different. Right. Yes. One of the things that struck me was uh, um, when she was talking about... Um, you know, people will say, well, the British 
press treats everybody rudely, right? They do this to everybody. But um, they referred to, so when they referred to Kate before, in the time before the wedding, um, which took a long time to get around to Kate and William getting married, they called her Weighty Katie. Not weighty as in weight, like how much you weigh, but weight, W-A-I-T-Y, like, oh, she's just waiting around because she has nothing else to do, right? Whereas with Megan, there was much more racist, you know, very specifically racist overtones and undertones as to what she was doing. And um, one of the things that Megan said is that what she said to Kate, well, she didn't say she said this to Kate, but the inference was that members of the royal family had said to her, you need to calm down. The British media is rude to everybody. And she said, there's a difference between being rude and being racist. Mm -hmm. And, And that is what she wanted to bring to light. And that they're they're all like they do it to all of us and she's like no you don't understand they're not doing to you what they were doing to me and they were frustrated that that the members of the royal family were not taking that seriously so much so they yeah. both went to hr at the palace yes they did oh katie went as well no um harry and megan Her- both and they got stonewalled really there's mm-hmm. this you know we're, we're not racist how dare you say that kind of thing um, also, a lot has been made. I, I, you're gonna. It's it's funny because I just I don't know why it is. I've always been obsessed with the royals, and I just and way before the crown came around, you know. But if anything, to me, uh, about all the bad things that that look like the royal family about the crown, I've always wanted to feel like the queen herself, the actual woman, Elizabeth, the grandmother and great grandmother that we're talking about here, who 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 became queen at a very 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 young age. I always feel like. Deep down inside, she's a good person and a sympathetic character who's kind of trapped within the confines of the things that she's been required to do for thousands of years, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to tend to be sympathetic toward her. And one of the things I found interesting was one of the most shocking, horrible, shocking things that Meghan and Harry said was that while she was pregnant with Archie, somebody asked Harry about a concern about what color the baby's skin would be when he was born. I mean, my God, there is nothing more abhorrent than that of everything that came out of that conversation. And Oprah pressed Harry for who it was that said that, and he refused to say who it was, but he did clarify that it was not his grandparents. It was not Queen Elizabeth and it was not Prince Philip, her husband. Just and there's that, not many people left right. to, to guess who right. it is. Right, exactly. Mm. That meant a lot to me that he pointed out yeah. that it wasn't her because I feel yeah. like everything lays at her feet. And know? also when Megan said the queen has always treated me wonderfully, that made mm-hmm. me really happy. Yeah, me too. So why is that, Lori? Why are we okay that they're defending the queen, but everybody else can just flap in the wind as far as I'm concerned, you know? Is is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's a grandmother? Is it, is it, why is that? That I'm like, I don't care what the hell happens to Charles or even William at this point, but don't touch the queen. Well, we want to believe that she is who we all think she is. What has really been stirring for me is I never forget the day when I heard about Princess Diana. I remember exactly where I was. I was at a horse show. It was just after, and we had stopped by somebody's house for a minute, and there was the news. I feel like now with what Megan's saying that there's so much we didn't know that Diana went through. And for Harry to say, this is my mom all over again. I mean, he had to know things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there seem to be a lot of parallels, right, um, mm-hmm. between what Princess Diana was going through mm-hmm. and what Meghan was going through. I mean, she said something along the lines of that they won't really let her just go out 
it seems like it's indicated that Princess Diana was very lonely. Yes. Um, and, trapped. and trapped. Those were the words. That's the words that Harry used. We are, mm-hmm. I am trapped. All my family members are trapped. It's the system. Yeah. Well, and when they did walk away into Canada, they pulled all of their security and gave the press their address. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't feel safe. And luckily they got in just before COVID. And I love that Tyler Perry's like, hey, you guys come. You can have my security. You can be in my place. We'll keep you safe. Just so wonderful. Isn't that amazing, Tyler Perry? I mean, uh, yes, that he stepped up. Just not just another actor, you know. But he has the money, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll give you." They literally, he literally paid for their security. I just think that's tremendous. That's that's friendship on a higher level. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people are like, "Well, doesn't Harry have his own money?" No, he doesn't have his own money. He has some money left to him by his mother's trust. Most of that money is 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 charity involved. But for actual personal money, he doesn't have a ton. Megan probably has more at this point. Of course, they made their Netflix deal, so they're gonna yeah. they have money coming in. But that was part of the problem was they couldn't they couldn't be both broadcasters and members of the royal family. So they you know if they wanted their independence, that's the deal they had to make. Mm-hmm. One of the um, and we're Anna. I know you want to get into this because um, there's been a lot of fallout from this interview going into other parts of the British press on television and, and in print. And, and I want to get into that. But I, while, while we're talking about Harry's view as a, of Diana and his mother and seeing what she went through, um, one of the people we'll talk about in a moment is a, a co-worker of uh, broadcaster Pierce Morgan. Yeah. And this man made a, a beautiful uh, plea to Pierce and to others about why they need to have more understanding for Harry. Because part of the knock of him is, why is Harry whining and William doesn't whine? You know, why Why does Harry see the parallel to his wife being stalked like Diana and William's not talking about that? And one of the things he said, and Laurie, I'd love for you to respond to this, is that they were both young boys when their mother died. They both had the entire world watch them walk behind their mother's coffin uh, at like 10 and 8 years old and what the mark that that will have on a child but just because they went through the same experience as brothers doesn't mean they're going to react to it differently as adults um, and I thought that was really interesting that really sat with me and I thought about it a lot because yeah we all deal with trauma differently on the other hand William, his wife, is from the UK and has not received the type of treatment that Megan has. And he would rather put his head in the sand and ignore it. Otherwise, if he has to face it, then he has to speak the truth. Whereas Harry has to face this head on because it's so affecting Megan. That's how I felt. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you're not getting the hits like Harry is, Harry and Megan. And so it's easy for you to just, you know, look the other way and say, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it'll be OK. And maybe that's the trapness of, well, there's nothing I can do anyway. Mm hmm. I wonder, though, if that's, you know, in your in your experience with dealing with families in which me- mental illness has has been a case um, or just tragedy doesn't even have to be mental illness, any any type of trauma to a family where you can have two people close in age who go through the exact same experience, but come out so differently on the other side of it. Oh, definitely. In fact, I, I think I've maybe told this story uh, book that I recommend to everyone is The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Every woman would benefit from reading it. And at the end, he told the story about these two guys whose dad was a raging alcoholic. And one of them was 
in business and the other one was in jail. And when he asked the one in business, you know, what do you attribute your success to? He said, well, my dad was an alcoholic. What else could I do? And then he went to the one in prison. He said, well, what do you attribute your being in prison to? He said, well, my dad was a raging alcoholic. What would you expect? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Trauma affects us all very differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Anna, do you want to talk about Pierce Morgan? Yeah, for sure. It's apparently well known to, to many that he has spent years repeatedly attacking Meghan Markle. Many believe Pierce once described her as the perfect princess material. And then one day she ghosted him. And ever since she married Prince Harry, his tune changed. Then in the days since the Oprah interview, he called the interview a uh, nauseating two-hour wine-a-thon and uh, a disgraceful diatribe of cynical race-baiting. And he says that he's convinced that Megan wants to destroy the monarchy. So last Tuesday, he blasted Harry and Megan, casting doubt on Megan's confession that she struggled with suicidal thoughts. And so what I don't understand is why would he blast the fact that she admitted to having mental issues? Wouldn't you say she risked her reputation or even her relationship with Harry admitting that? Because you don't know. I mean, uh, people don't, mental health, I think, can still be seen as a stigma. Yeah. So you don't know how people are going to react or respond to, oh, I don't want to be alive anymore. Right. You know, although we have so much awareness going on and a lot of help available and, and people are aware of that, but it's still not 100% guaranteed how your friends and family will react to it. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering why Pierce Morgan would blast someone for being open about something that no one likes to admit. It almost felt like he has a grudge. And when the video of the weatherman, which we it would be great if we could put that on our Facebook page, when he yeah. really pressed him, and said over and over and over, you have slammed her. He just got up and walked out. And I thought, you know, it's one thing if you're a shock jock because you're doing it to get a rile. But when you're a newsman, mm-hmm. not okay. I mean, we're in the industry. And and the difference between the the eloquence of the weatherman yes. versus yeah. Who was the like, Im- black. immaturity of mm-hmm. Pierce Morgan. Who was black? Who was black? Yeah. Versus the immaturity of Pierce Morgan, who's the the supposed star of that show. Mm -hmm. To me, that just encompassed everything Mm -hmm. that is wrong with the media right now. (laughs) That our biggest stars are the loudest, obnoxious ones, and the people who have the most to say and the best way to say it are are considered second fiddle. Oh, it's so frustrating that just watching that video brought that alive to me, aside from all the brilliant points the guy made yeah. you know in fact let's play that soundbite of english weatherman alex beresford confronting pierce morgan on good morning britain they, they they have had an overwhelming amount of negative press you know i, I watched the program yesterday and yes they had some great press around the wedding but what press is going to trash someone's special day there was bad press around uh, the engagement, before the engagement, and everything that has followed since mm-hmm. has been incredibly damaging, quite clearly, to Meghan's mental health and also to Harry. And, 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 and I hear Pierce say that, you know, William has gone through the, the, the same thing. But do you know what? Siblings experience tragedy in their life, and one will be absolutely fine and brush it off, and the other will not be able to deal with it 
so strongly. And that's clearly what has happened with Prince Harry in this situation. He walked behind his mother's coffin at a tender, tender age in front of the globe. That is going to shape a young boy for the rest of his life. So I think that we need to all take a step back. Mm. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this programme, a number of times. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. OK. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe not my no, own. No, no, no. See I'm, you later. I'm being. Sorry. Can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. You. He, I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. Incredibly hard to watch. What Pierce Morgan is missing is that it's not just that he's ripping on the suffering of Meghan Markle. You heard Alex Beresford describe how he suffered just listening to Pierce attack Meghan. His attacks cause suffering of many people of color, especially when he chooses not to believe that, that the suffering is happening. And why, why isn't he even considering Harry and Meghan deserve a quality life? They can't have that with a system they believe won't support them. It's a system that's about class. And if your skin color is not the right color, you're not part of that class as some people see it. You leave that lifestyle when you realize it'll be toxic to you in the long run and the children you raise. I would hope that for anyone I love to leave an abusive or toxic situation. You should want that for yourself and you should want that for the people you love. Right. Mm -hmm. And to Anna's question, they had a lot to lose when they were in Canada before they came here. They were getting death threats. Yeah. And yeah. they had said that they wouldn't give the, the son, Archie, a title so he wouldn't be protected. And so, yeah. you know, you can imagine that because they came out, they had to know without a doubt they were going to be getting death threats and maybe even targeted with assassination. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or not even that sinister to be chased by motorcycles into a tunnel and right. killed like his mother. Oh, right? my. Mm. I mean, think about that. The only reason she died was because people wanted to take her picture with her new boyfriend. Yeah. Get right. your head around that. That's why that woman is dead. Mm -hmm. So, of yeah. course, he, he's going to want security for the rest of his life for yeah. his children and his wife. Yeah. Did, did they ever indicate who told Megan and Harry that their children will not be considered or will not have the titles? Yes. Prince Absolutely. and Princess. I looked that up. It goes back to like 1917, um, and I can't. Rem I don't remember the reason, but it was. It was. Um, I don't remember if it was like money or land or titles or because there were so many great grandchildren around. But basically, it has to do with the fact that they are great grandchildren, and that Harry is no is not a direct heir within a certain number. And interestingly enough, once Queen Elizabeth passes away then they will be grandchildren of Prince Charles, and then they will get security protection and titles. Mm -hmm. um, it's all paperwork. Uh, but that said, there's nothing stopping the queen from uh, undoing, you know, like making a special queenly thing. Like mm -hmm. she could, the queen could fix that if she really wanted to. 
Um, I think she's just kind of stuck up in, in all the protocol stuff that goes back. That would have been her father or great grandfather or grandfather that put in that rule. Yeah. Um, so that's why that is. It's still okay, crappy. Because when, when the interview happened, it sounded like they gave no reason that wasn't even described what you just described. And I think, I don't know, maybe I didn't listen correctly, but I thought I, it was like, they weren't clear that she actually said that don't they have a birthright to this, to the protections. And on a side note, we need the protection because of how you guys are letting the tabloids just say anything they want about me and do whatever they want to me. And, and they'll yeah. probably do that to my, you know, my children mm-hmm. and we need the protection. And I don't understand why they would take that away if that was their birthright. Yeah, if right. It's their or, birthright. Or, right. Or not, it's not so much take it away, but not give it. Yeah. I think that's, I, I agree with you. They, they didn't clarify that. Like I said, I had to look it up. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh no. Does it mean it's time to go? No, say. no. She's not barking. She's just here hanging out okay. with me. You want to, oh my gosh. She did say. <laughs> hey, um, Sadie. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think the inference was the queen could have done that. She mm-hmm. could have made that. She could have circumvented that rule and figured out a way to do it. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. She asked the staff for help in learning how to be there and do the right things, and they refused. They would yeah. not help her. And that's a parallel to Diana. Mm-hmm. Wanted to be there and do the right things, and nobody wanted to help. Just, the parallels are, are, are terrifying. You know, we don't, what, what is it, what's the saying? You don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And this isn't mm-hmm. even history. This is just human beings. You know, you, right. you can't look and go, wow, we did that girl wrong. We better do all the next girls right. You think you think Charles would be on the list of people who would who would know how to do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he hasn't learned anything. I don't know. I don't know how helpful he'll be because from what I gathered from what Harry was saying about Charles, they're not, their relationship needs work, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So, you what know, a- um, whatever that means. As a child, he put Harry's mom in danger by cheating on her and putting her in a position to no longer be princess, to get out of it all. He put her in that position. Yeah, mm-hmm. Agreed. And so we've talked about, you know, Pierce Morgan, the 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 television broadcaster walking off his, his show and, and, and that kind of thing. But there's also been some turmoil in the, the British print media, the, the people that are at the heart <laughs> of all of this. And mm-hmm. Britain, and, and like Anna said at the beginning of the show when, when Oprah was trying to describe the difference, the British media is nothing. You, you think the U.S. media is bad. You look at the National Enquirer and Us Magazine, you go, oh, they're so mean. The British press is so far beyond that. You have no wow. idea the horrible things they say and the lengths they will go to and they're constantly being sued harry and megan have sued him i think uh, i know a lot of people are are always suing them for things but this time it's actually made a difference and the head of what they call the society of editors was interestingly enough covers not just the tabloids but like the kind of more mainstream stuff too he put out a statement you know basically saying this is the uk media is not bigoted we will not be swayed from our vital role in holding the rich and powerful to account and there's no evidence that there's any kind of racism. And a whole bunch of top editors from around England, including The Guardian, The Financial Times, The Huffington Post UK version, were like, uh, actually, yeah, we, we are in denial about racism and we do need to deal with it. And that head of the Society of Editors resigned. Yeah, he wow. stepped down because, like a hundred, I think it's like looks something like a hundred and sixty reporters and editors wrote a letter to him saying that they do need to look into the problem. So now, is that just mm. lip service? Are they really going to look into the problem? 
I don't know. But it's interesting that after all these years, there actually has been somewhat of an awakening amongst those writers and editors that maybe they do have a problem. Yeah. And good on him for stepping down. Maybe he was forced to. I mm-hmm. did read in the article that in order for them to change, there has to be some new, basically new blood in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. More. Yeah, more diversity and and just less stick-in-the-mud attitude. I was reading, I didn't know this either. Apparently, the the venerated Bon Appetit magazine (laughs) has has gone through an upheaval as well. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I, I wish I could remember the names of the people, but, you know, Bon Appetit is like a magazine. And, of course, now they have a TV, YouTube, and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, all that kind of stuff. They're basically saying that the culture there is, is very... Not not so much overtly racist, but not into listening to diverse ideas. And there's a woman who who's become a very prominent kind of like um, YouTube star of doing recipes and stuff who is black. And the head of the company said something about it. This is preposterous. I can't believe anybody said that we would be like this. And she's like, actually, yeah, it's been a problem for a while. <laughs> and I don't and I think this is the opposite where she didn't resign. I think she's sticking with the company and they got him to resign. And they're they're looking to kind of improve their outlook as well. So this is I, I'm I'm always heartened to see the places where things are improving, which I guess it's why it's so disheartening to see the places where you know, we're still in the, in the Middle Ages. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Boy. I know. That, that is something to think about. How to make ideas, leadership, every level of everything be more diverse. There's a lot of work that needs yeah. to be done. I remember a few weeks ago, Lori, you had asked something along the lines of why are some people heard and some people aren't? Mm. Uh, do you remember asking something like that? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know the answer to that, but I think a long time ago, we chose who and what kind of people would be heard and who wouldn't be listened to, you know, whether it's women. Ah, she's a woman. She's lucky we're even considering her. So let's pay her less. Oh, he's one of the good old boys. Let's promote him. Oh, she's overweight. No way. We should listen to her. Yeah. Oh, that person's physically challenged not to be listened to. Right. You know, Think mindsets it, like that. Remember, we hired someone who'd been open about his depression and anxiety. And he and his show turned out to be number one in our market for a decade. It was a diverse group, not just one kind of perfect personality. Yeah, it, 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 that is so true that we make a pre we pre make our decision. But I think it takes a lot of bravery stamina to do what Megan and Harry did. The more people that stand up for what is right, whether they're listened to or not, the point is to stand up. Of course, everybody was going to listen to this interview with Oprah because just the whole nature of it. But on the other hand, imagine how they must have felt that day knowing they're going to blow the palace out of the water, Mm. you know, and they're going to get a lot of backlash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the backlash, though, I I couldn't believe how much of it it was and, and who it was. Megan Kelly. Yeah. She sure yeah. wanted to make everyone know that she wasn't impressed by Meghan Markle. She was saying that Megan always claimed to be a victim and follows it with, give me a break. 
And, and that surprises me that she would trash another woman for showing why she was a victim when Megyn Kelly herself was a victim mm-hmm. of sexism in her workplace. That's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. What happened to empathy? I mean, Megyn Kelly stopped being like the bosses you sued. Don't be a dick. Yeah, she she kind of making the statement like that makes it sound like she walked into Fox News on the first day and they were bad to her and she took it up right then. She was there for years before she said anything, you know, and I'm not saying it's probably because she felt she wasn't safe, Mm -hmm. but she's making it sound like Meghan Markle just like came up out of nowhere with these allegations, you know? Mm -hmm. And she went, like you said, Anna, she went through the exact same experience. You go through it day in, day out, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And finally, whether it's seeing other people taking a stand and suddenly feeling empowered, or if it's because you just can't take it anymore, you take a stand. And I agree with you. She absolutely should have stood shoulder to shoulder. Someone else, uh, Bethany Frankel, who's the real housewife of something or other, she went off on Megan before the interview aired with one of these, uh, oh, I, you know, poor princess trapped in a castle whining about her life. And then after the interview aired, she issued a huge apology. Oh. Um, saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't make assumptions about people until yeah. we hear the, the truth of their, <laughs> right. of, of the circumstance they're in. So there yeah. are some people who, who, who are willing to eat their words after jumping the gun. Yeah, um, good. But good. yeah, I was very disappointed in, in Megyn Kelly. I'm not a big fan of her anyway. Anyway. But, <laughs> I tried to like her after the whole like stuff with her happened and uh, I just don't. <laughs> and where does, I guess, where does she get off? She gave the impression of you're rich, you're famous. What are you whining about? Right. And okay. Are you going to say the same thing about Robin Williams, about Anthony Bourdain, about Kate Spade? <gasps> right. I mean, yeah, that's disheartening saying this stuff and just choosing to rip on Megan and Harry so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I'm angrier about how many people are doing it or who's doing this, you know, this disservice. <laughs> right. When, right. When the whole Cosby case came out, there was a reporter who didn't believe the first woman who came out, but she took on the assignment. And then she, when it was all dismissed, she followed it through. And in the podcast she does about it, I think it's called Chasing Cosby. She says, I am so sorry that the first place I went was doubting the woman. Mm-hmm. When all this unfolds and there's one after another after another, I will tell you this as somebody who has suffered some injustice, people would rather re-victimize a victim than blame a perpetrator. Oh. Hmm. When somebody yeah. steps up and says they're abused, people would rather point the finger and shut them up then say, not this good person. And how many times do we hear when somebody goes and blows everybody up because they're mad they lost their job and the neighbors are like, oh, he was the nicest guy ever. Nobody wants to look at that. In my work with women that are in recovery, I see it over and over. They take a stand. They try to get rid of the blocks in their life to make things better. And they come up against service people who are women that would rather keep them down and not give them the help than say, okay, we know these people that are running these houses are not doing right or whatever. I use the houses, but that's not a real situation. But that people in authority are not doing right. We'd rather say, you must be doing something wrong. What did you do? How many times do we hear about rape? What were you wearing? What does it matter? 
Mm-hmm. And oh it, I think that that is one of the big issues. So when you talk about Megyn Kelly, it's like that position of, wait, there's only one place for me. I've gone through this. I'm not going to support anybody else. That's like you would think of all people she would want to walk beside and say, hey, I'm here. I'll walk with you. I believe you. We just don't want to right. believe people. And that's what I always tell people. If anybody ever comes to you and says they're being abused in any way, the best thing you can do is say, I believe you. And then down the road, it's not true. What have you lost? <laughs> but mm. if you do the opposite, look at how you've hurt a person and maybe that leads them down a bad path because nobody believes them. That's my rant. It happened to me when I was a kid. I really? can't believe I just remembered this, Lori, while you oh were saying There was a, a girl that we were all friends with, um, and one time she told one of our friends a story about a neighbor man who had done something to her, and we didn't believe her. It just seemed like the most preposterous thing that, that she was saying. And then um, she told another friend the same story and this time I told my mom um and I don't honestly I don't remember what happened after that I know I remember never hearing about it again but I, I wonder like I'd like to think that my mom went to her mom I it's funny that I can't remember it I'm trying to piece this together right now it was so long ago I was in junior high mm -hmm. but but I do remember that very specific first feeling of that's impossible. He's a really nice man. Why would anybody do that? You're just making that up for attention, mm -hmm. right? Even I, like mm -hmm. I felt that too. I feel horrible about it now, <laughs> recollecting it 40 whatever years later, you know? Um, and I, I, I hope that my mom went to her mom and talked and that something happened. You know, I mean, she still went to school and we still saw her every day and all that kind of stuff. And she never talked to us about that happening again. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder, sometimes I wonder, but I was 13. I wasn't right. an, an adult, just right? Back in the day, we didn't have any training. The culture, everything around us, blamed the victim. It can't be. So mm -hmm. why would we think anything different? Now, with more awareness, we can start to think different and we can train people to think different because we only do what we know. So we have to yeah. know different to do different. I just feel like the royal family... Uh, there are some things that are obvious, you know, when the tabloid is spreading lies and mm -hmm. they won't let Megan seek help for her um, situation. She was admitting that she was having a, a, a mental breakdown, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think Harry made the point of saying they had every opportunity. They had every opportunity and they didn't take it. I think Megan said something like, Oh, yeah, here it, is, here it is. They're willing to lie to protect other members of the royals, but not willing to speak truth to protect Meghan and Harry. Oh, and, you think she's talking about Andrew? Oh, see, I don't know. See, I think a lot of people try, are, are wondering who are they talking about because they won't say it. They won't identify. I don't know. Some people are wondering if uh, Camilla put this in their heads. I don't know. There, there's so many. There's so many theories right now. You know what else is frustrating about this is that William and Harry have openly talked about seeking mental health help yes. because of their mother's death. And they actually started a foundation called the Heads Together Foundation. Right. Like William and Harry spearhead this whole thing about mental health. So why couldn't Megan get help? Right. 
and that Harry goes for it, but William's still denying it when he has this organization. Right, right. (sighs) Which they founded with the money from their mother's death. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's baffling. And you know what? I'll give it. There's a lot we don't know. Fine. It's behind the walls. There's a lot we don't know. And and. But you just want him to say it. Mm-hmm. You just want him mm-hmm. to say something that's not a boilerplate, 60-word, tersely worded response saying right. this isn't true. Yeah. Or, events are not, not everyone recollects the events the same way or something <sighs> like that. Right. It's a ridiculous true. thing that the Famous that last out. words, yeah. You well, know? And like you said in the beginning, Anna, what did Megan and Harry have to gain by this? They're already right. out. They've already had to right. basically hide at Tyler Perry's house. They didn't have anything to gain by this. Right. Except for doing right by their son. Yeah. Yeah. Is it that some, let's, I'm just going to talk tabloids. Do they just want to continue to make sure that they are kept seen as villains for whatever reason? You know, everybody could have their own choice of whatever that reason is but it's like you know haven't they been through enough harry my god at a tender age loses his mother to the paparazzi you know and mm-hmm. i think we're we're overlooking one really important point was that there wouldn't be tabloids if there wasn't an appetite for what they have to exactly hmm, and people yeah, are obsessed true. with the royals i mean we see it every wedding we see it all the time I think that we all want to believe that it's all tied up in a nice bow, but to find out that there's corruption there. My sister said yeah. something pretty amazing. She goes, can't we just give them each a title, Archie and Megan and Harry? Can't we just give them an American princess or prince title because they're here and they deserve it? <laughs> yeah, but if that, if that were the case, it would be Oprah that would have conferred it. Yes. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, she he is our American royalty. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I hereby declare you Duke and Duchess of Santa Barbara. I'll be like, yes, hail. I give you a title. I give you a title. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sorry to backtrack here, but another red flag, Megan Kelly, she tried to give interview advice to Oprah Winfrey. <gasps> That's another jealous? move from Megan Kelly. <gasps> You former just former news said, host. That's caddy. Not her. That's just caddy. That's then just caddy. That's just what you're going to try to give interview advice to Oprah Winfrey. Are you kidding oh me? Yeah. Come you, on. Dude. You know, um, it was International Women's Day on Monday, and I did a post on our station, and I listed every woman in our station that was on the air, and I. I am so honored to work with so many amazing women, and yet I know there is that cattiness and jealousy that women have, and like Megyn Kelly trying to give Oprah advice. It's like, why can't we worship her? Why can't we say these women are amazing, and I'm so lucky to be amongst them? Right. I mean, I think we've come a little way, but I think, and Claire and Anna, maybe you've felt this, you know, it's like, I think with women, sometimes there's only one spot for me. So I got to fight all the other women to get it. And I don't want it to be like that. I want us to bless each other and support each other and be happy when somebody gets something great. Yeah, it, It's true, though. You're right, because there are fewer positions for women than there are for men in our industry, which is just, it pains me to even 
put those words into the ether. But because it's that way, uh, there does seem to be more competition among women sometimes in the same building for jobs. And it, it's sad. It really is sad. We should be happy in lifting each other up mm-hmm. and, and, and not, you know, I've been pretty fortunate that I haven't been on the receiving end of too much of it, but I've been on the receiving end of enough of it mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. what it feels like. And it's uh, it's not pretty. Yeah. And when you get overlooked for something, like for me, I've, I've applied for a lot of jobs. I'd always wanted to be in the mornings and didn't get them. I love where I am. But I remember when a certain person got the morning shift who I loved and I wanted to be happy for her, but I also was stinging a little. And I remember going and asking somebody to help me walk through this and work through it because I want to be happy for her. It's being self-aware and saying, okay, I realize that I'm sad I didn't get it, but I don't want to hate her and be jealous because I really liked her and I knew she would do a great job. So I think maybe if we take a, a look inside a little and say, how can we be a better support to our sisters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone needs to be on board, not just women, but men too. And that part of the reason I think we celebrate International Women's Day to celebrate women and, and their accomplishments, but also to make sure to put things in check by calling out gender bias and inequality, all that kind of thing. Some of the memes I remember seeing from on that day, I remember someone put out there the challenges women face, like how many feel that often men interrupt women more than they do other men. Women need to be valued. We're getting to that point for sure, but we still have a lot of work to do. I still find myself getting interrupted. <laughs> uh, yeah, but usually but, by me and I'm another woman. <laughs> no, 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 not by you. <laughs> not by you. And not by you, Lori. Um, even even to the point of removing certain behaviors thought of as endearing or funny little quirks or just something guys do. This is a weird example. <laughs> but Pepe Le Pew has been canceled. I found it. It says Pepe Le Pew, a skunk who has faced repeated allegations of perpetuating rape culture. Do do you guys know that? Stalker. He -hmm. creeps. He creeps a cat. You know, she's trying to push herself away and like calling things out like that. People getting away with that. We're not equal for some reason. Mm -hmm. We're not to be heard for some reason. We need to be with each other, back each other up, call out the bad mentality that's out there. Right. Pepe Le Pew. Bad example. Yeah. No, you know, <laughs> not really. Skunk. I know, but you know, when you think about it, your littlest children are loving it. So what? Right. what's the message they're getting? I remember raising my boys as a single mom. I remember wondering if I was enough. The one thing I will say about their dad is that he supported me. My boys saw that and I feel like they are respectful to women. I think just recognizing what we're letting them see and commenting. When we don't comment, they think it's okay. So even if things aren't so great, if we make a comment, at least they can make a judgment. We're not just shoving it under the carpet and going, oh, like Dr. Dobson in the early days of me raising kids, he said, if you're walking through a park and you see a couple really making out and going at it, if you just hurry your kids by, that's one thing. But if you say, oh my, that's really... uh, public, uh, what do you call it? PDA. Yes. And that's not really appropriate. Then, okay, now they have something to gauge. As hard as it is for all these changes we're seeing is that embracing them in a way that we reflect to our children and those around us that 
you know, we're on board. And if something affects us and bites us a little and we're like, ow, let's look at it and see. Oh, my gosh, is that something I've been doing that I didn't even know I was doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that we've solved the world problems. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do it every week. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> same time, same place. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank you, ladies, for your special reporting today. (laughs) (laughs) We were obviously all very passionate about these topics. Yes. Yes. We all came prepared. Right. No opinions, just the facts. (laughs) (laughs) These are important conversations to have, and I am so glad that I get to have it with you guys. Ditto. And I hope by us having this conversation that it spurs more conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that it opens do. some doors and plants some thoughts. And, uh, you know, I know not everybody may have the same relationship that we have, that we trust each other and we feel safe saying these things in front of each other. But if you do, I can assure you it really is, it makes you feel better to say these things out loud. And if you have an opportunity to do that with someone you know and trust, I highly recommend it. Amen yes. to that. Oh, that's good. Oh, and I'd like to give a shout out to someone the three of us know. Lisa Adams. She was featured in this week's allaccess.com. She's among the only 12% of women program directors in the country. And she's celebrating 30 years in the radio industry. Cheers to her. Yeah. And to say, to add to that, Lisa is one of those women that supports women, supports Mm -hmm. people, can't be happier for anybody that goes above and beyond her. Kudos to that as well. It is very true. Yeah, uh, she she was recently interviewed for a, a basically a trade magazine called All Access. But if you can find a copy of her interview, it is so amazingly wonderful what she talks about being a woman and 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 her age too, and and the things that yes. she's gone up against for that. And I, another thing I want to say about her, mm-hmm. she she wants to grow women in this industry everywhere, not just air talent, but but in programming, in production, in sales wherever they are. It very much is a male-dominated industry, and she will work tirelessly for you as a mentor to get you into any job that you want. Women, men, whatever it is, there are not a lot of people like that in general, Yeah, <laughs> let alone for women. And so, yeah, I'm so thrilled for her that she got that spotlight. She's defied ageism. She's defied sexism in the workplace. Allaccess.com, Lisa Adams, my favorite quote from her, I want to leave a legacy of love in everything I do. She has here left that legacy. Yes, she has. Yeah. We should all want to do the same. Yep. Here, here. She She also makes a mean pot of chili. Ooh. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Thank you, listeners, and and spending this hour with us, whether it's this week, next week, next year, or the year 2032. We love (laughs) you. We love you. We love it. And uh, don't forget to rate our podcast. How, Lori? Five stars. You can write a review, too. And what should they do with our podcast, Claire? They should recommend it to all their friends, all their relatives, and Oprah. I'm not sure <laughs> she's a follower yet. We really need to get on that. So everyone mm-hmm. recommend us to Oprah. Awesome. At least, what's her name? Kara, Gail King. best friend. Gail. Gail <laughs> King. <laughs> At least Gail King. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Carol King because she just did a song about it's not too late to get your vaccination. <laughs> but no, Gail King. 
<laughs> Dude, I, if Carol King listened to our podcast, I that would be a mic drop moment for me. I would be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be worth the expense of the mic, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh see you around, y'all. This is Listen and Learn. Or, or not. not.